Merry Christmas. Uh, I'm excited for today. I'm excited for, for Christmas Eve in a couple of days. One of my favorite services that we do all year long is our Christmas Eve candlelight service. I think it's just magical and, 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 and a lot of fun. Um, <coughs> speaking of Christmas, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever opened a Christmas present and not been happy with what's inside? Right? All right, I'm going to tell you about one that I opened. Um, I opened a present one time. This is just a few years ago. And inside of it were these four Starbucks coffee mugs. Like, they were great mugs. They were big. They, were, they had big handles. I like mugs with big handles because they're easier to hold. And, and it was great. And <coughs> I took them out of the box um, that they were in, and I noticed something. On the rim of one of the coffee mugs was lipstick. I'm not going to say who gave them to me, mother-in-law, but <laughs> I will say uh, I, I, I didn't quite know what to do, right? Um, except point out the fact that there was lipstick on them, and we got a big kick out of it and laughed. And, and so, yes, they were used, they were regifted, they were possibly washed, I'm not quite, quite sure, but, but, but it was definitely a memorable gift that wasn't quite what I expected. Kids, <coughs> let me ask you, since you're in here, have you ever gotten a present that you didn't ask for or not gotten something that you did ask for? For some reason, my grandmother would always give me clothes at Christmas. Right now, she also gave me toys, but she would also give me clothes. And I don't want to be ungrateful, but as a kid, I didn't really want to open up a box and find a shirt in it, right? The question for us is this. How do we respond when we open a present and it's not what we asked for, or we open the final present and we didn't get what we wanted? Here's one way we could respond is like this. Let's do that video. Well, some of them are quite a bit bigger than last year. I don't care how big they are! No, 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 no. This is what we're going to do. Is that when we go out, we're going to buy you two new presents. How's that, Pumpkin? Aren't they wonderful, darling? How many are there? Thirty-six. Counted them myself. Thirty-six! But last year, last year, I had thirty-seven! Yes, well, some of them are quite a bit bigger than last year. I don't care how no, 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 this is what we're going to do. Is that when we go out, we're going to buy you two new presents. How's that, Pumpkin? All right. Apparently it's oh, on the loop. Wonderful, darling. Which I thought was really cool, because then you could see the part that you missed at the beginning. But now I realize it's just on a loop. All right. Uh, but that's the point. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for looping videos. That's great. Because here's the deal. that's one way that you could respond, right? Right? Is ungrateful Dudley. Or maybe there's a better way to respond, right? Now, now Christmas presents are one thing, but, but I'm, I'm not going to do a sermon just about Christmas presents. Let, let's broaden our view a little bit and, and, and talk about life. What happens when in life you get a present that's different than one that you would expect and one that you didn't ask for? What happens when your parents tell you they're getting a divorce? Nobody expects that, and yet it happens. What happens when, when something tragic 
happens to your child? What happens when you lose the job? Or even worse, what happens when the promotion goes to the person that you trained, right? You see, all of these are presents that we don't expect. And these type of presents, and the one on Christmas morning, here's what they make us face. They make us face this. Who you are when you don't get what you want is who you really are, right? When you, when you get the present you want and, and, and life is like hashtag blessed, right? It's easy to be whoever you want to be. But when you don't get what you want, that's when you get to see who you really are. The way you respond when you open the gift that you don't like, that's who you really are. It means that, that when you are, the way you respond in something, to something in life that happens that you didn't expect, that's who you really are. Now, you can be an ungrateful Dudley, like we saw in our video. That's the kid's name, by the way. Or you can have a different response. But if, here's the deal, though. If you want a different response, something in you has to change so that you can respond differently. You see, to change the way you respond requires a change inside of you. And truth, believed, changes you. And today we finish our short series for Christmas called True Story, and it's three truths we need to believe this Christmas season. And, and the first truth that we talked about was Emmanuel, God with us. And, and, and the reason we focus in on that Christmas truth is because I want to change how you see loneliness and how you experience grief that you are not alone. And if you remember, church, we, we talked about that and said that you are not alone. God is with you. And our second truth was how do we deal with stress during the holidays, right? And it's that Jesus is our peace. And, and, and that Christmas promise was that his title is Prince of Peace. And so when Jesus is your peace, it changes how you deal with stress. Well, today we're going to see our third promise. And what I hope happens is that the truth that we see today helps us respond with thankfulness and, and gratitude to every present receive, we receive, whether it's, in, whether it's at Christmas or whether it's in life, that, that what we see today, the truth we see today, teaches us to respond with thankfulness. Now, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Not a typical Christmas passage. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. But it still talks about gifts, and it talks about receiving. And as you're turning there, I want to kind of tell you where we are. If, by the way, if, if you don't have a Bible, there's one in front of you, and it's on page 672 in that Bible. Or like Carol said, uh, we're also in the Bible app under events, under Fellowship Asheville. The scriptures are there. Uh, the announcements that we went over, all that stuff is there. And so, 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 so go ahead and turn with me. And as you're turning there... Let me tell you where we are in the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew has, has uh, five different sermons that Jesus preached uh, throughout Matthew's, Matthew's writing. Chapters 5 through 7 that we're in is the longest of those sermons. It's called Sermon on the Mount. If you, if you have a Bible where Jesus' words are written in red, there's a whole lot of red. In these chapters, because, because Matthew recorded Jesus' words. And, and the Sermon on the Mount is an interesting sermon because it is to his followers about what it looks like to live a life where you're following Jesus. 
And so he talks to them about all kinds of things in the Christian life. And and one of the things that he's going to talk to his disciples about is he's going to talk to them about prayer. He's going to talk to them about receiving from God what God gives you. (coughs) And in some ways, it's kind of similar to this whole idea of Christmas presents, right? Like you ask for something. You made a list for your parents, you, you, you've asked your spouse for something, or you've, or you've very lovingly dropped clues for the past six months for your spouse to pick up on, right? right? You, you, you've put it out there, and now it's the season to receive, right, what you've asked for. It's kind of like prayer, like when you pray, you ask and you receive. It's kind of the same cycle, but, but, but what we're going to see is what happens when we don't receive what we, act for, what we ask for. Well, Jesus wants us to have a correct view of something. So when that happens, we won't be that ungrateful Dudley, right? Let's look at chapter 7, verse 7, see what Jesus says. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. So, so there's three commands that Jesus is telling his disciples. Ask, seek, and knock. And each of these paint a picture of a person. They don't have something, and they're, it's missing, and they're, and they're looking for it. They, they, want it. they want it back. They want whatever they had, or, or maybe they've never had it, and they want it now. And so it's this idea of something is missing, and, and, and they're wanting to, refine, to find it. Now, remember, Jesus is talking to his disciples, right? He's not talking to just this general crowd. He's talking to people who are interested in what he has to say. He's talking to people who want more of what he's offering. Now, if you're here today, you're here because you have some desire to follow Jesus. You have some desire to hear what Jesus has to say, particularly this time of year. You wouldn't be here if that wasn't the case. And so to you, let me ask you a question to kind of set us up for this, is what are you missing in your life? Give that just some, some thought for a moment. What are you missing? Is there something that you're seeking to add to your life? When Carol talked about those three programs we're doing, the, the marriage enrichment program, re-engage, the financial program, financial peace, or the couch to 5K, which isn't just running, it also has the spiritual component to it as well, and, and the community that you develop. Like, like, did something in those pique your interest? Is there something that you're seeking to add to your life? Is there something that you're seeking to find? Something that you're asking God to give you? If so, then you're just like the people that Jesus was teaching. You're just like the people that Jesus originally taught these words to, that his words to them really can be his words to you. And so to you, he says, ask, seek, and knock. Now, what in the world does he mean by this? How do you ask, seek, and knock? I'm going to give you one word. Pray. Pray. It's that simple. That's what he's telling his disciples to do is is pray. Ask God to give you what you're missing. Now, interestingly, in the language here in the Greek, uh, we translate it as ask, seek, and knock. But, but if you look at the Greek, it's probably better translated to say keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking. Because the, the way that this is written, it doesn't have a start and a stop. It has a, a start and it just keeps on going. And so, so not only is prayer simple, it's not just simply asking, it is also persistent. 
So you may have to pray more than once. You, you may have to ask more than once. As a matter of fact, each of these examples, ask, seek, and knock, kind of gives the impression of, of repetition, right? Like, like you ask somebody a question, typically you only ask them once. Unless they're getting hard of hearing, you might have to ask them twice, right? That's, it's pretty simple. But when you seek something, you might have to work a little harder, right? And, 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 and for example, when, you, when you've misplaced your phone and you're seeking it, how many rooms do you go to until you, in, until you have to find it? All of them, right? Or a better question is how many rooms do you go to before you have somebody call your phone so that you can find it, right? Like that's how we seek. And then knock, like nobody knocks just once when you come up to a door, right? You knock multiple times. That's what you do when you knock on a door, Right? Right? You knock multiple times, and each one of these has this idea that, that there is repetition and, and persistence involved in this. And so, so this prayer that, that he's talking to his disciples about, about keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, is simple. It's talking to God, but it's also, it's also persistent. And look how God responds to our prayers in verse 8. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one... Uh, who knocks, it will be opened. And so here's the response Jesus is saying. If you ask, if you seek, if you knock, you will receive. But the question that lingers in our heads is what will we receive? Will it be what you asked for or will it be something else? You see, when I asked you if something was missing from your life, what what came to your mind? You don't have to say it out loud, but, but since we're speaking of phones, maybe it is a new phone. Maybe, maybe there's a spouse that you're praying something for. Maybe you're praying for a spouse, right? <laughs> maybe you're praying for a better job. Maybe, maybe you're praying for healing for you or for, or for people that are close to you. Maybe you're praying for happiness. Maybe, maybe, you know, kids in here, maybe you are asking God for something very special, You see, you pray these things, and God's word said that after this simple yet persistent prayer, you will receive. But is God saying that you will receive what you ask for? I think he's saying you will receive what he gives you. And there is this quality about what he gives you that Jesus wants you to understand. Look at these these verses in 9 through 10. It says, Or which one of you... If his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. So now he's taking this idea of prayer, of asking, seeking, and knocking, and saying, like, let's, let's just look, look at your parents, right? When you ask them for bread, they didn't give you a rock and expect you to eat it. When you ask for food, they didn't give you something, something poisonous. You see, this isn't what parents do. And Jesus describes a little bit further in verse 11. He says, if you then who are evil. Now, I want to break this down a bit because I don't want kids thinking that Jesus said that your parents are evil, right? right? I don't, I don't, don't quote me, kids, on that. Let me, let me explain what Jesus is saying here. Because he's talking about parents. And he's saying, he's saying parents, when their kids ask them for something, give them, give them something. And yet... Humans are flawed, right? That's what he's meaning by evil. Jesus' point here is that that we're flawed even when we are at our very best. As humans, we're flawed. So kids, 
your parents are flawed even when they are being awesome parents. And kids, you are flawed even when you are being an awesome kid. This is the result of sin. And sin are those things in our lives that that God wants us to do and we don't, or those things in our life that God doesn't want us to do and we do. And, and, And we're not the only ones in the world that sin. That sin actually started with Adam and Eve. And when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, something happened in the world, that sin entered the world, and and it affects it affects everything. It affects, it affects the relationship with God. It affects our relationship with the world around us. And when you say yes to Jesus, when you put your faith in him and receive this awesome gift of, of salvation, what it does is it gives you this unobstructed uh, relationship with God. There's no barriers between you and God. Nothing. But when you say yes to Jesus... That sin that, 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 that somehow entered the garden and, and, and shifted that relationship, it is restored back. But the sin still lingers in the world around us, and it still affects how we relate to each other and how we relate to the world around us. Now, if you haven't said yes to Jesus, maybe today is the day that you should do that and receive this gift of salvation and enter into this, this, this eternal relationship with the God who loves you and the God who made you. And for those of us who have said yes to Jesus, what we need to understand is that there is still this lingering effect of sin around us. We have this perfect, unhindered relationship with God where he loves and accepts us fully because of Jesus, and yet we are still flawed. Yet sometimes we still run to that sin that so easily entangles our life. And and, and yet we still have to deal with the sin in the world around us. But look at what we can do even in the midst of all that. Verse 11 says, If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. You see, even in the midst of this flawed state of of sin being present in the world and and, and affecting how we interact with each other and how we parent and and how we behave, like like all of this, we can still give good gifts to each other is what Jesus is saying. That when our kids ask us for food, we're going to do our best to give them food. Now, kids, listen to me here. Jesus is saying parents can still give good gifts. But I'm sorry to break this bad news to you. Your parents may not get you everything that was on your list, right? But hear me say this. What your parents do get for you, they get for you because it's good, right? It's either good for you, which means from their perspective, it might even be better for you than what you asked for, or it's good for them. There's a couple of ways I can go with this. All right, one way was this shoebox rule that we instituted with grandparents. If it was bigger than a shoebox, they could buy it for our kids, but it had to stay at their house. Then we added some caveats to the shoebox rule. If it was bigger than a shoebox and made noise, it stayed at their house, right? That's one way. But it also could be it's good for your parents to give you what they give you because it doesn't stretch them beyond their financial means, right? At our house, we have a limited budget like many of you do here today. And so to help us choose good parents, I mean, good presents for our kids, we modeled our gift giving after what the Magi's brought to Jesus, the three gifts. 
And so at our house on Christmas, each person uh, gets three gifts. And we model after gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They get a gold gift, which is kind of one big gift. Um, they get, they get the, the, a gift that's practical to them. Uh, we try not to do a shirt, but, you know, sometimes. But then they also get a gift that's very unique to them, something that speaks to who they are, speaks to their, their hobbies, speaks to their passions. And, and that kind of helps us think through what, what, what are those good gifts that we can give each other uh, during the Christmas time. But the bottom line here is this. It's that parents can give good gifts. But Jesus' point here isn't about humans. Remember, he's talking about prayer, and he's talking about asking, and he's talking about receiving an answer from God to that prayer. Because look at what Jesus does now. He, he takes what he just said about parents, he takes what he just said about humans, and he says this about God. And the rest of verse 11 it says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And so here's what Jesus is telling his followers. Here's what God's word is telling us today as we, as we seek to follow Jesus. If you ask and you seek and you knock, God will give you an answer. And his answer will always have some quality that's consistent about every answer that God gives. And so church, what, what kind of gifts does Jesus say that God gives? What's the descriptive word that he uses? Good. Good. Parents can give good gifts, but what Jesus is saying is that God always gives good gifts. Right? And this is our Christmas promise because in Isaiah Chapter 9, verse 6, where it lists these titles of who this Jesus is that is born in a manger and who he will be for us. One of his titles, we've already highlighted, Prince of Peace. There's another one that God gave Isaiah the words to tell us, that he will be our everlasting father, right? That he will be our father that, that reaches from our past to our present to our future. He will be everlasting and our Father always gives good gifts. And so if this is true, and I believe it is, it changes something inside of us. Remember I said at the beginning, who you are when you don't get what you want is who you really are? And Thank you, yes. <laughs> and I said that, that if you want a different response, see, adults, why can't y'all do that? That's all I'm asking, just a little feedback here every once in a while. Love it, love it. Right, thank you, yes, from the back even, yes. So much fun, I love it. Listen, who you are when you don't get what you want is who you really are. And I said, if you want to change the way you respond when you don't get what you want, something inside of you has to change. I believe this is what has to change, is how you see God in the midst of when you're getting something you didn't want or you didn't expect. You see, this is what has to change. Because when you're an ungrateful Dudley, right, it's because you believe that what you wanted and didn't receive, whether it's a Christmas present or it's an answer to prayer, is better than what you got. 
And the change that needs to happen is for you to believe, and me, this isn't, just a, this isn't a you, this is an us, right? The change that needs to happen is that we need to believe that what answers God gives us to our prayers are good answers. And that the answers that he gives us are the best answers that we need. It means that the Christmas present kids that, that you received, it's good because your parents are doing the best they can. It's good. I almost posted online, you got ungrateful kids this Christmas? Bring them to church. I got something for them. Right? But that means when you open the present and, 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 and it's not what you wanted, you don't need to throw a fit. You just need to look at them and say thank you. That's what it means. Kids and adults, it means when we get those unexpected presents in our lives, it's good because God gave it to us. And let me tell you what this looks like when this change takes place. When we believe that the giver of all gifts has given us a good gift, here's what it looks like. We receive with thankfulness. We receive with thankfulness. When we open a present on Christmas morning, it's not what we ask for, we say thank you. When a present in life hits us that we didn't expect, we're thankful. But here's what else it produces in us. And this is just me talking to y'all. What it means is this. Not only do we receive with thankfulness, we also learn how to give with grace. Right? We give gifts because we realize that we are flawed and the person who is receiving them is flawed, that we all need that same gospel. The fact that Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection pay for the, the power and penalty of sin in our lives so the God who loves us and made us, can we can have this, this intimate personal relationship with him, that, that that same good news of Jesus that saves us from our sins is needed by everyone. And so this gospel allows us to actually let people be ungrateful Dudleys without taking offense to it. So parents, maybe, maybe if when your kids are ungrateful, you responded with grace, it might actually change how they respond when they open the next present. I have no idea what that looks like, by the way. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> right? Good luck. If you figure it out, post it online so we can all see it. But, but the truth is there, Right? Like we can, we can receive with thankfulness and we can give with grace. And so this is what good gifts do. And so kids, if you receive a, a, a gift and your parents think that it's good and we know that they think it's good because they gave it to you, what's the best way to receive it? It's like, it's like she knew. You can, oh, it's up there. Was it already up there? Oh, um, well, she can read. That's great. That's great. Some of you sitting back there can't read that, so that's all right. That's all right. But adults, let's test you, right? See if you can answer as clearly. When you receive an answer to prayer, and God always gives good gifts, how's the best way to receive that answer? See what you started? Good job. That's right. So church, let's be a people who believe that all gifts from God are what? Good. 
Let's believe this Christmas promise that our everlasting Father always gives good gifts. And kids, try and see whatever weird thing ends up under the Christmas tree as their best attempt to give a good gift. And let's be a thankful people. Deal? Deal. Let's pray. Jesus, this season, uh, I just know there's great stuff under the Christmas tree and there's some weird stuff under the Christmas tree. And and, and there's stuff that's going to hit our lives in 2020 that we don't see and that we don't expect. And yet, you have already declared it as good. And I pray for us as a church that we will walk through this with you. We won't fight you. Because I've seen how that works out in Scripture, and that's not good. But we will walk with you, and we will be thankful as we do it. And Father, I pray that that changes us as people, that changes us as a church, and that changes this city as, as those we know and love and work with and are friends with see us being thankful about any gift that you give to us. In Christ's name we pray, amen.